This is the 19th season of Bass Talk Live. BTL is presented by Bass Cat Boats, Strike King Lures, Aftco, Pro Guide Batteries, X-Zone Lures, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, Spro, Gamakatsu, Big Bite Baits, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Beatdown Outdoors, and Sunline. BTL, coming at you. Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk about bass fishing. Wrapping up August, which is hard to believe, uh, the BPT, the Invitationals, the Elite Series, all history, all in the history book. Still three more uh, Bassmaster Opens to take uh, to take shape. And I think there's a, I believe there's a Toyota Series Championship, maybe a couple more Toyota Series. There's a lot of tournaments that are on the schedule across the country that started in January and typically wrap up in October and November. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about uh, today. We have a uh, Michael Malone from Major League Fishing. He is now the, he, it's a new title for Michael. We'll bring him in right right now. What's Good up, here. dude? Yeah, I got you. Thanks for jumping on BTO. You bet. Thanks so much for having me. New Good title this year, VP of Marketing and Business Development. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a change. Uh, you know, I, I started the industry in 2006 um, doing site selection for the events. I came from the hotel and, and CBB side. I actually was on the city side bringing sports events to the destinations and then uh, joined in when uh, when Bassmaster on ESPN. I actually started with the Great Outdoor Games and kind of did the uh, all of the elite series um, site selection for uh, a number of years and then started with Major League Fishing when the Bass Pro Tour started up and uh, have been doing that and then have kind of graduated of sorts to uh, some different roles in the company. So wear a variety of hats. Uh, and then of course we, we merged with FLW in 2019 and uh, still overseeing the site selection process and uh, like looking forward to getting into that. Uh, I have the really cool uh, opportunity to work with Chris Hoover, who, you know, was at FLW for, you know, 20 years up until uh, Major League Fishing purchased FLW and uh, has become just a fantastic friend. You know, together we've got, I'd hate to say it, but kind of close to 40 years combined of doing, you know, site selection. And uh, and we, we kind of led the charge and we're we got a couple of the schedules out, got a couple more to come. Uh, but yeah, so I wear a few different hats, you know, marketing PR, oversee the Red Crest. Um, we do some sponsor hospitality. We've got a really cool sponsor event that we do in the spring that our anglers participate in. Um, go licensing and merchandise and uh, a lot of different things, but uh, we are running a gun. And even though it's the end of the season for us uh, on the BPT and the, and the Tackle Warehouse Invitationals, we still have got a lot of events coming up. Got the Toyota Series Championship and uh, just did some super tournaments we're doing. And um, things are very busy for us. You know, we're, we're planning for next year and, and beyond and uh, getting ready for, for Red Crest in, in March. So, yeah, things are. There's no right. You know how it is. There's no rest for the year when you're off season. There's no off season. It's just kind of what the, this industry is. You know, think oh, it's, tournaments are over. Yeah, now, now you're working to get things going. So no, uh, no stopping anything. When does the schedule? So like, when did the work for the 2024 schedule start 
for you? I mean, were you working on that as soon like years ago for the 2024 schedule? Because I know it's not just like, hey, the year's over. Now let's figure out where we're going next year. I've yeah. worked a little bit behind the scenes. And some of these places are six, 12, two years in the making to yeah. get a to get a place in advance. I don't think a lot of people realize what goes into site selection. Yeah, there's a whole industry when it comes to youth and amateur and professional sports of how the site selection works, whether it's the AAU tournament that your kid's softball goes to when they play travel ball or for the Super Bowl. Um, and I've actually gotten to know some of the folks who work in the Super Bowl uh, for different cities uh, from Houston and Tampa, New Orleans, now Vegas, um, and just seeing the whole process work. So there's a whole process that goes from uh, what the city wants to do to review their assets and, and make a bid to those rights holders, uh, Major League Fishing being one of them, um, to see, hey, listen, we want to bring your event to town. There are some destinations that we're working on that we know we're not going to get for 25, but probably for 26. Wow. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's about, but realistically, it's about an 18-month process uh, when it comes to how long it takes with, for everything. Um, Chris Hoover just came back last week from a trade show in Minneapolis, um, and I'll go to a trade show that I'll actually, in these, these trade shows, there's two of them that we do, two or three of them we go to. Um, the next one's going to be of, of all places in Florida. I live in Florida, um, so I'm going to drive to that one, so I'll kind of split up the, the duties on it. But we go and meet the cities. We go and talk to them. Um, we have RFPs and, and sometimes videos, and depending on the, the setup of the trade show, where we go and, and they bid on our business just like they bid on other things. If it's the water department and a vendor's bidding on them and, you know, th these cities bid on this business because it drives economic impact. It drives future tourism. Uh, I'll never forget um, my, one of my conversations with uh, some folks in Detroit. They said, you know, after Major League Fishing came to town, we, you know, and they saw what we did, they couldn't believe how many different license plates were at their boat ramps because you know, we put them on a, a national audience and that's that's the ripple effect of what happens with with our tournaments. I want to go back to these trade shows. So just like iCast or SHOT Show where the, yep. the vendors set up to get and then the buyers come in and then they figure exactly. out what goes in. So the, the they have trade shows where the, the cities, so it'd be like the city manager, the chamber of commerce, and then they have CBD, the tourism office, sports commission, tourism. Yep. So they have a budget, whether exactly. it's through grants or taxes or whatever. Yep. It's mm -hmm. for for city development play or, or tourism. And they sit there and they try to, I don't want to use, it's fishing. We'll use the term. They try to lure, lure. business into their city. So you're walking around yeah. literally looking and talking with people and you're seeing like, what are the things? Okay. Can we go through what, what, what makes a desirable venue? Like, so I'm thinking here, Michael, I'm thinking like what, uh, what they've done at Green Pond Landing at, at sure. Lake Hartwell and those tourism dollars. I'm thinking of uh, Smith Lake and the facilities mm -hmm. and how the city I'm thinking Decatur, what Ingalls Harbor. Yeah. Yep, I'm yep. thinking of what uh, Grand Lake did with the development of Wolf Creek Wolf and the Creek. city of Grove and all that. Yep. But what are some things like when you're walking around that like are on the checklist because everyone lives around a lake and they're like, Hey, I wish MLF or I wish the elite series would come here and I could watch them and they could see what right. they would do on mine. But what, what are some of the key things that all selected venues have to have in order to be considered even? Well, and, uh, but I'll, I'll get to that. But one of the things that's kind of interesting that a lot of people don't even realize about the, the tourism 
and events business is that not only is it for sports, but it's for state and national associations, it's for corporate events, it's for incentive travel. So if if Mercury wants to do a uh, incentive trip for their top sales guys, then and whoever sells the most gets an incentive trip to the, the Ritz Carlton in, in uh, Cancun. And that Cancun salesperson deals with only incentive trips. So that's high, high end stuff for that. Okay. And so it's across the board, not just for sports, it's for everything. For obviously for, for us, it's a bit of an anomaly because yes, there's lakes everywhere, there's rivers everywhere, but not everywhere. And, and, and that's kind of one of the cool things that we have is that we're not only coming there and, and bringing a, the participants, but we're putting them on television. So um, it has an added benefit to the destination. So first thing we do is obviously look for a healthy fishery and how do you determine that, um, especially if it's a place and, and we'll let, you know, the schedule's out, but we'll talk about it. We've got it. some cool I, ones on the schedule this year. Yeah, you guys so nailed Cho, it. We'll, we'll talk at Chowan River, Chowan. Um, I think I just got muted there for a second. Nope, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, not on anybody's radar at all, but um, we go through a whole process and we'll talk about the process a little bit, but Marty Stone kind of keyed us in on that one. Uh, Marty, obviously being from North Carolina, one of our TV talent guys kind of give us a heads up a couple years ago and said, Hey, you guys got to stay, stay alert, see what's going on here. They're starting to catch some big weights. Um, and you know, it was the, um, in fact, I took some notes to make sure I didn't forget the name of it. Um, Eastern North Carolina, um, Eastern North Carolina, uh, bass challenge where the was the tournament trail. Okay. Um, and they had a tournament like in I think July of this year and it still took over 20 to win. And, you know, we're talking North Carolina, July, weights could be done. This place is turning them out. So first thing is kind of look if, especially it's completely off the radar like this one is, is see what other tournaments are doing. What's the, what's the Tuesday, what are the Tuesday nighters doing? What's going on with, you know, the, the regional tournament trails that are, that are showing up there more frequently and seeing that these local sticks are really putting it to it. So that's the first thing. Then we just need to make a phone call and start off as, Hey, listen, we're seeing you. This is happening here. Like to know more about your your destination. Do you have the hotels? What's the condition of the boat ramp? Uh, do you guys have any interest in doing this? And is there any funding to do that? Um, I, I love watching the keyboard warriors get out. It's like, oh, they're only going there for the money. You know, it. You know, we're talking. It, it's big dollars when it comes to it. But in the grand scheme of things, there's so many more dollars that go into it, and so many more factors that are key to making it important and so much so that we're actually having a podcast talking about how we pick fisheries yeah. because it drives the industry so much when it comes to content, where we go, Hey, we're going to use this bait, you know, right down to the point where we've had sponsors say, man, you're, you're not going to the North as much, you know, I'm trying to sell baits up North and it, it gets into your psyche. Like, Oh man, I got to think about what we're doing because of it. So there isn't just one thing. There's a lot of different cooks, <laughs> a lot of different cooks. Through I got soup, you. And that's, that's all part of it. Okay, so, but you did mention the economic impact, and I I think it's a it's a known fact that regardless of what organization you're with, whether it's the MPFL, BASS, or yeah. MLF, when you do select a site, you you do get paid by that ch chamber to come there. You're you're basically going to say, hey, or present them with, hey, we can bring. X number of hotel nights for X number of days with X yeah. number of economic impact and then extrapolate yeah. that out. So you're saying we're bringing $1.2 million in, and, but they're, that then they give you a little, little, it, does that vary or is that just a standard? Are there certain ones where it's like, Hey, we'll come there, but 
it, it's going to cost more because this is risky or because it's a travel further travel for, for all of travel. us. Or is there yeah. like a standard across the board, like 20, you don't have the numbers, but 25 grand and we'll come there. Or is it kind of vary on case by case basis on what you're dealing with and what you're trying to get out of that event? Yeah, it varies very, very much. Okay. So not, but not on the value or usually what they pay. We usually have mm -hmm. kind of, we're usually kind of in that wheelhouse, but there are different things that, that sometimes destinations can do. For example, they might provide complimentary room nights because they've got a hotel that says, hey, if you give us these number of hotel rooms, we'll give you these complimentary and put that to the package. They might pay for the angler meal, overnight security, porta potties, um, boat ramp fees, uh, pay for all the permit fees for downtown, put a local festival on that'll help us drive more revenue because we'll be able then to get a title sponsor of the event because we know that's happening. So then that's gonna help us generate additional revenue from that standpoint. So there's not just one thing. We Ooh. shoot for it. We obviously we shoot for a number. Um, there's no trying to get around it. We're not ashamed of it. That's business. We're in the business of running tournaments to put on great content, to help our anglers, to help the industry, our sponsors, uh, to have to give the fans great content. And, you know, I see so many times that people are, are putting down this process and it's kind of funny because what do, what do we expect out of this? You know, we're trying to put on the best product for our fans and for everyone. And we need to do what's right for the industry and for our business. So, you know, it's not something that we're ashamed of doing, but it's also something that um, is actually much more transparent than people think because we're working with some destinations that actually have freedom of information laws that the numbers are out there, you know, what, what it is. So it's, it's, not, it's not a closed process. We do keep it pretty tight to the best though. I mean, obviously, when when you saw the schedule, a lot of people saw the schedule. There were some surprises on there that we're kind of proud of, uh, that they're all, you know a little bit off the radar and things that didn't happen. We've been working on this for quite some time, so you know it's not like we're you know flaunting anything or we're trying to say that we're you know trying to get as much money. It's not just about the money; it's about the content. It's about what's good for the industry, what's good for uh, the fans to watch. Because we go to a fishery and they give us. $300,000, which is a, not the number, but if they give us a ton of money and then they don't catch any fish and the it's counterproductive, it's no good. Yeah. 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 I want to bring this point up because I hear, I've heard this a lot over the last couple of years and you kind of talked about the process. So you kind of explained it through the process, mm -hmm. but, uh, you're, you're seeing, and obviously you're seeing a lot of schedule. So we'll use uh, Lake Ufala in Oklahoma as, as an e example. Yeah. Uh, they had, uh, an MPFL that's come in there, uh, mm -hmm. an invitational event that Kelly yep. Jordan won and a Bassmaster Open. Yes. And I've seen on the top level guys going, oh, well, uh, MLF is intentionally scheduling uh, the same fisheries on top of Elite Series events or Elite Series scheduling on top of MLF events. Sure. And I, and I think kind of based on what you have just talked about, what you're seeing is that, A, you can't create a schedule like that to schedule on top of someone because these talks are go on a year 18 months in advance and b a lot of the same fisheries it, it sounds like based on what you said is because they have an active chamber of commerce they have someone in that chamber they yeah. have the the money for it the funding for it and they they see the value of professional fishing so they want to bring as much to that community as possible so it's not seeking out communities that the tournaments are at it's them seeking out both or all three of Absolutely. the organizations and bringing it there so it's not a it's not a 
deal where you guys are competing against each other. It's a deal where there's funds available on this. They want to bring it to you. They have the facilities and therefore you have multiple organizations at the same time and at the same in the same seasons. Is that a fair assessment? It's a very fair assessment. I'll go, I'll go two steps further. Uh, first, we're not just competing against other tournament organizations for those dollars, but all those other sports that I mentioned, softball, baseball, volleyball, mm-hmm. track and field, you know, if, if it's a, a big enough destination where they have multiple facilities that can host multiple multiple events, then we're not the only game in town. You think they might have yeah. a lake and a baseball and a softball and an indoor uh, multiplex facility. Yeah. So it, we're not competing just against the other tournament organizations. The other thing that, you know, and, 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 I, and I love this kind of back and forth and I, I kind of just kind of pulling the onion back. We don't want to be on the same dates. And, and I would imagine in, you know, working there for uh, the better part of uh, 13 years or so. Yeah. Um, it doesn't help either one of us. You know, the numbers, we know it's not beneficial to do that. And if, if by chance that we can stay off of those dates uh, on each other for any tournament trail, it's just better because we're, there are cross, there is crossover. Let's mm-hmm. say what it is. There's yeah. a crossover for some You're a bass animals. fishing fan. You watch everything. You watch everything. So, yeah, so we, we don't want that. Um, and um, if, you know, and, you know, we, we book around tournaments, uh, we, you know, we, we change tournament dates that we know that they're on a certain date. We're on a certain date. We would think that they would do the same because it's not good for anybody. And um, especially when you have uh, sponsors that are attending both events, then the sponsor has to flip a coin and say, well, which one am I going to go to? So, yeah, th- that, that all goes into it. And these are, Again, these are business decisions that are made not just because of the fishing quality. And, and uh, you know, I, we, as we get into the schedule, I know mm-hmm. some of some of the uh, the bass heads here, you know, are thinking we're talking about you know money and stuff. But you know, fishing is a huge part of it. And you know, even going to like you know Rayburn on the first uh, event of the Tackle Warehouse Invitational next year, you know, Rayburn's a great fishery. Um, we had a, a Toyota Series event where. Uh, uh, my fellow New Yorker, I'm from the Adirondacks originally, but a fellow New Yorker, uh, put, you know, put a hammer, Alec Morrison, 73 pounds. I mean, huge. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you had to, you just had a two-day BFL there, the Super Tournament. You know, Michael Neal won on the pro circuit um, before uh, um, in 22, and Atifo won in the uh, on the BPT in 21. Rayburn is just legendary. It's just one of those, you know, Rayburn, Toledo Bend, Gunnersville, Toho, you know, Santee. I, I look at them like baseball stadiums. You have yeah, Wrigley Field, yeah. you have Yankee sure. Stadium, you yeah, have Rayburn's some that of- no one's ever going to say, oh, I can't believe you're going there. I think it, it provides them some stability. And it might not be every year, but two two times ever in four years, and you can kind of rotate them. But there's those yeah. legendary that, you know, you can't, you can't recreate the feeling of that by completely switching it around. So I like I like the repeats on that. Like you were mentioning, a Rayburn, yeah. a Toledo Bend, a Gunnersville, a Thousand Islands. Those are kind of standards. We've got, a, we've got an we've got an additional challenge with Major League Fishing is because of our catch weigh and release format on the Bass Pro Tour. The challenge is is that we need to have exceptional cell phone coverage in order to right. go to some And you know, I, I want to I won't say the name of of a couple of these fisheries. Uh, and we've done some team series and, and cup events there in the past, but we had some places that we said, oh, we're going there. We had bids from places that we had to turn them down because the cell phone service wasn't good. Like enough. a Champlain but, is a nightmare. 
it is, but it's but it's good. It's good enough for doing. We we yeah. did it there a couple of years ago, but there are some places that you're like, oh man, how come they haven't gone there? The reason might be self service, and until they mm-hmm. get some more towers in there, uh, and and candidly, you know, there's going to be some spots in Toledo Bend. There's going to be some spots yeah. um, on Santee, and there's, there's going to be some spots um, on the Shoal River that we need to figure out. And part of the rules, as uh, some of the fans may know, is that if a guy goes into an area and he loses cell phone coverage, the rule as it is right now is that he's got about 15 minutes to get out of there um, because it's part of the competition. The other anglers need to know if he's catching fish at a certain time, if they need to make adjustments. So um, if it's not a a zoned off area and for whatever reason there are um, you you go out of coverage, they've, they've got a time until they get out of there. And that that plays a factor into where we go as well. One more, uh, one more kind of topic I want to talk about on the selection factor, and then we'll take a first break of the day, and then we'll come back with uh, Michael Malone, one of the schedule makers for uh, the BPT, the Invitationals. So. Yeah, <laughs> schedule. Uh, uh, here's here's the other thing that I hear uh, a lot of, and and I think there there might be a thread of truth to it, but not nearly as much as there are certain anglers who are very influential who call up and they say, "Hey, we need to go here." And then they know the schedule before it's out. And then these anglers could do whatever they want before the off limits go into place. And it's basically uh, handpicked by by some anglers who have great influence. And like I said, I, I heard this with Bass. I know for a fact you heard this with Bass and it's sure. carried right over to yeah. MLF. And it's, it's perpetuated not only by educated fans, but also by other people in the field who... Mm-hmm. They go to Rayburn and they'll go, well, hell, of course. Well, Todd Faircloth probably freaking put that one on the schedule. That's probably a yeah. hand-picked one by him. Are you, I yeah. mean, I'm sure you hear that. How much truth is there into that? Yeah, I heard, I, I heard it too, even recently. And I, and I joked with him about it because we do have a site selection committee for, with a handful of anglers on it. And in, in one of the last uh, times, and then, you know, and I'll, I'll mention some names of guys who have given input that, it's an open process. And in fact, at the meeting um, in Bay City, I went to the guys and said, hey, listen, we're having a site selection meeting after this to kind of just ask a couple of questions because I've got some variances. We had the schedule done in really in June and we had to work on some surveys and, and worry about some weather and different things. So yes, there are anglers that have okay. input to say, um, here are some suggestions of where to go. But until it's done, it's not done. Um, but I joked with, with, in, you know, with Wheeler and I'm like, I'm like, dude, everybody thinks we're going to Lanier. He's like, why? I'm like, cause you were there. And they think that because that, oh, that you, went yeah. to Wheeler, you went, you went to Lanier that, that we're going there. So that he you know, knew something are, that no one else did. And he was on their oh, pre-practice yeah, yeah. before the schedule came out. Okay, wrong, I see. I'd love to go back to Lanier. I mean, that's, I mean, Lanier in late February would be just, outstanding. Oh, geez, that'd be freak you, show, you know, but yeah, but when no, so no, they 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 don't, and um, and we're we're obviously working with a variety of anglers, and everybody's um, really excited about this year's schedule. So um, we'll take that break, and we'll go to the next one. How's that? Sounds great. All right, we will be back. First break. It is Tuesday, August 29th. Michael Malone from MLF will be back right after this. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96-inch wide-body footprint, 
This hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry leading design coupled with tournament winning performance. The Puma STS from Basscat. Feel the rush. Pro Daryl Gleason here. My Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. What's up, Bass Talk Live fans? Brandon Polinick here. And ever since I won a couple Bassmaster Elite Series events on X-Zone Lures, I've been getting a bunch of questions of what makes them so special and different. And really, the truth is, it's in the details. The little details, things like no cheap fillers in their plastic, that gives you more lifelike action, more realistic and vibrant colors. But don't just take my word for it. Go to www.xzonelures.com and check them out. For yourself. Shoreline Boat and RV. Dock rash, storm damage, collision repair. That deep scratch or gouge from trying to access that secret creek. Shoreline Boat and RV can get your prize possession back in mint condition and looking good on the water. Fast. All repairs are done in-house, so they're able to get your boat or RV back to brand new. Quickly. All Shoreline's work comes with a rock-solid warranty. Find out more at ShorelineBoatAndRV.com. Kansas City, Austin, and Tulsa. All right, welcome back, BTL, on a Tuesday. See, I've already got people on instant feedback saying, well, I don't believe that the only reason you had two events ending in Michigan this year were to the event ending in Michigan this year is because KVD was retiring. So, so Kevin retired and, and announced the day before practice. Yeah, you guys um, changed it so it would be Saginaw yeah. Bay would be so, his last so one. We, yeah, that's, of the first event. Yeah, it's yeah. A, if I had known it's, that, it's fixed. That, that's Johnny Carson and Kreskin stuff for you old guys. No one had to do that uh, beforehand. It worked. You know, hey, listen, um, it, it worked out great, and obviously, and what an awesome finish to see Kevin right up there at the end. Um, Bay City is a fantastic town. Uh, Saginaw is a great destination, uh, Saginaw Bay. Um, and, um, you know, and, and we're going back to Detroit just out of a different city for the tech warehouse for next year. So, I mean, this is it's on the rotation. We'll go back to Cuyahoga. We'll go back to Champlain on the BBT. You know, we'll, we'll do all those things. So um, there are some places that we'll return to. There's some places that we'll take a longer break from. Um, and I just heard of it. But, uh, yeah. Of course, someone said that. <laughs> All right, here's the schedule. We'll start out with the one that starts first, which is the uh, the Bass Pro Tour. Okay. Uh, 
how much of a factor do you guys play when you figure out when to start the year? Because obviously yeah. the, uh, the earlier you start the year, the bigger bump you get because you got a lot of people that are cabin fever, but you also then limit the um, location of the fisheries you can go to Huge. tremendously, yeah. especially when you start in January, early February. Yeah. It's a, and, and a lot, of, it's a bit of a, of a, of a, of a gamble, uh, especially on the first two. We know that weather could play a factor. Uh, a couple of years ago, we did uh, the northern Louisiana lakes, Darbonne and Caney, and then Bussey had some ice problems uh, with that. But look what it did for, for, for those fisheries. It was, it, it, they showed out. It was unbelievable. Um, Toledo Bend's one of those places that it, it could be fantastic and even when, it, when it's cold. So um, it does play a factor into it. We also have to kind of back our way into it. And it's almost necessary to start with Redcrest. Um, and, you know, we're doing it uh, the, the, the St. Patrick's weekend ending on Sunday the 17th in, um, um, in Lay March Lake. on Lay Lake. And then build it from there. Um, okay. Uh, you know, in 20 and 25, we're going to be in Huntsville end of the month of March. So we'll build it from there. We'll, we'll book around Easter for that. We'll put that in. We don't want to plan an event the week after Easter because that means that guys have to travel on Easter Sunday. So that takes those weeks out. Um, and again, we're going to peel it, peel it all back. If I know what the classic dates are, I'm not going to book on top of the classic if I, if I can't help it. And it's, it's just what it is, you know, that things changed in the, the past couple of years that some, some dates changed, um, that from what, from what I saw. And sometimes you can't help that because this is what the city has and you have to go at that date. So we're not trying to book on top of anything on purpose. So you look at those factors of when these things are happening. Um, I'll even, <laughs> the other one that you have to keep into consideration as well, that you know, talking about all the sports events. Uh, and in fact, I think in 24 or 20 or maybe 25, um, when the final four is, Oh yeah. Four is the final, four, final four is the end of March, early April. You know, that's, that's another factor as to, you know, what, what that is. And sometimes you just can't help it. You can't help to be on top of another tournament. You can't help it to have to do a tournament. After but if the there's season. no hotels available and everything's well, already booked out, like, yes, I mean, if you've got, Eyeball. I don't want. I don't want to compete for eyeballs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's true. You you, know, you did so. this job as like as a choice. Like you've been doing this. You you like knew like right out of the gate that your entire job like you get paid to deal with logistical nightmares. Like I it sounds it. fun. Oh, we're gonna travel around. We're yeah. gonna all these nice fisheries. Oh, we're gonna go out on a pontoon. We'll be like, yeah, let's go here. Then we're gonna book it. This is not. This is not. This sounds massive anxiety inducing this? to have you, me have you seen I, this is I used this to have sounds, a beautiful head of hair this is my nightmare michael this is <laughs> this would for me would be a nightmare for me yeah i mean it's it's part of kind yeah. of the 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 puzzle pieces we put together and and oh by the way um bass pro tour red crust tackle warehouse invitationals toyota series toyota series championship can't be on top BF, of bfls um, you know, yeah. we're doing our, our team, uh, between, uh, team, um, our tournament team in Benton and, and our production team, uh, based in Tulsa, you know, we are go, go, go. And, um, you know, kudos to not just, you know, the tournament crew, but everyone on our team at major league fishing who just, they, they pound the pavement and they are road warriors doing this. So it's, it's not an easy gig. You know, people are like, Oh my God, how cool is that? It is. It's really cool. We get to work in a sport that's with our passion 
Um, you know, I've been fishing since I was a kid up in the Adirondacks, fishing with smallmouth on, on, on a bunch of lakes, you know, in the, in the base of the Adirondacks. It, it's unbelievable to do this. I worked in the hotel industry and CBBs and it just kind of putting all those things together. But for everybody who works in the tournament business, it's a grind. You know, it's a, it's a lot, whether you're one of the service guys that are there first thing and, and staying late or, you know, you're, you're the spouse of one mm -hmm. of the anglers, you know, making sure that everything's all ready when the guys get off the water. It's, it's a tough road. All right. I want to highlight a couple and there's some, some good fisheries. It's a really good schedule. I've heard a lot of positive things about it, which I would not say if that was not the case, because sometimes they come out and you're like, eh, yeah. it's very vanilla yeah. or it's, but there's a couple on here that really piqued my interest. The first one, April 9th through 14th on Dale hollow, that one, uh, I'm really looking forward to that should be a really cool event and a fishery with a lot of history, historical significance in the world yeah. of bass fishing that really hasn't been talked about much in the past 20 years. Yeah. And, and really what kind of deterred things from happening really was that slot limit of where it is and kind of its location, you know, being um, kind of northern Tennessee area that it, it's not a heavily populated area um, first off. So that's that's the first thing, by the way. Uh, for the viewers who haven't seen it, there was a pretty bad fire at Sunset Marina there. So yep. please keep everyone there in their thoughts. I mean, they took they they took and the one gentleman there was was injured a little bit. So you know that's first and foremost uh, over everything else. But you know, and, and we've talked about this. And in fact, the last time I was on, I was on with Ken Duke, and Ken and I worked together uh, back at ESPN and Bassmaster. And, and I remember Ken when I first started doing the job. He said, Michael, if you ever get us to, to Dale Hollow, it'd be great. And it never happened because mm -hmm. of the slot and circumstance and the whole thing. And I remember watching the Major League Fishing Cup events and they went to Dale Hollow before I joined the company. And I'm like, oh, okay, because it's catchway and release and it just opens the game for that. So ever since then, when I joined the company, this has been on my radar screen. In October, you know, next in a month and a half will be five years of been with fishing. Uh, this is the one, my big one too. This is I can't wait. This one, uh, this is uh, you know, smallmouth, largemouth. It's great time of year. You know, we're not exactly right on top of. It's not going to be a pre. -spawn. It, it's just going to be a good time to go. And mm -hmm. it, you you combine that with the fact that there is a slot limit that there, you know, there's not a whole lot of tournament pressure for how good this fishery is. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, this, it's, it's legendary, you know, world record smallmouth at one point, I think in like mid fifties love 11, 12 pounds, something like that. So it's, yeah. it's fabled. It's a fabled fishery that really hasn't seen um, a, a high level professional tournament of this magnitude. And, you know, we did the survey again. We, we obviously surveyed it before when we did that for the cups years ago, but we went back and surveyed it again. And that was part of the process that Mike Jenkins, our assistant term director, brings his boat there, has someone with him most of the time and does a lap around the lake and, right the coast and everything, and, <laughs> and goes everywhere to see. And we keep track and you guys have seen it on the live stream, the score tracker unit and the stat unit that's at the back of the boat. They're mounted in the back of the boat and uh, that checks the cell signal and it checks AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, maybe Sprint, I think if I, if I can remember correctly. And it basically is like a, like a music mixer. It puts them all together saying, all right, what's the best service? And we can determine whether or not the fishery has it or, hey, it's great for AT&T, but not good for Verizon. And that decision was made. So Dale Hollow is, is mine for a lot of reasons. I can't wait to go there. And 
only major league fishing can do it. You know, Bass Pro Tour, catch, weigh, and release. It's going to really highlight it, and it's going to make some huge decisions as to what guys go for. Um, because there hasn't been any big tournaments there, unless a guy is passing through when he wants to go, there really hasn't been a reason for our guys to go to Del Hollow. So it'll be interesting to see how the best anglers in the world are fishing on such such mm -hmm. fishery. Uh, the next one, near and dear to my heart, Lake Eufaula, Oklahoma. And like I said, we're two-thirds of the way through the Eufaula events this year. I'm sure you're aware of it. I'm sure the general public is. And it's been an interesting path to bring professional bass fishing to Eufaula, Oklahoma yeah. over the past year. But I was very encouraged uh, and very encouraged to see it back on the schedule for next year. Based on some of the things that happened, I thought it was probably a one and done. Mm -hmm. But really cool to see that there are some people that stepped up there and saw value in bringing professional level tournaments to that fishery in Oklahoma. Yeah, they did. And, you know, and seeing that time of year, Kelly won, uh, Kelly Jordan won. I've got mm -hmm. to take care because I'm looking at everything. And you can see I have to go back a little bit because my eyesight is, I don't, oh, I'm not wearing, my re, not wearing my reading glasses here. So I, I put these out and just kind of lean back a little bit. Uh, Kelly had uh, 57 pounds in April, three day event, qualified for Red Crest for it. And um, obviously, you know, it's just one of those places where, you know, it's, it may not have been on everybody's radar, but suddenly it is. And, you know, the main thing is, is that that fishery continues to get taken care of, that, you know, tournaments start going there more frequently and inject some more money into it. And then it's mm -hmm. kind of a self-fulfilling thing where hopefully that, that will continue. The, the quality of the fishery will continue to improve and it'll help the general economy there. So great people down there. We've talked to the city folks and um, some great businesses in town that, uh, that have been involved. Uh, you know, our, our friends with Epic Bates are, are not too far from there as well. Yep. So Brian Knighton. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, um, it's, it's great having, you know, Brian there to kind of, we can make a phone call and ask him some questions. Um, I've really enjoyed getting to know him over the past few years. So we're, we're really excited about that one too, because it hasn't been on anybody's radar, uh, really from a, a big tournament, but now it's starting to, and, um, and we'll, uh, it, I think it'll be a nice, <clears throat> a nice kind of mix in between. Cause we go from that one, then we go to heavy hitters, uh, yeah. Toho in May. Um, and uh, I'll tell late you, May. Got, late May. So, so first Bass Pro Tour event, uh, late late January 2019, um, put the schedule together when I first started in the first days of joining in October 19. And it's okay, we need to put a schedule together for next year. And it's like, okay, <laughs> that was that was the shortest window, I think, ever of putting a, a major trail together. But we, we, we kind of, we, we, we nailed it actually because we had some fantastic fisheries. Uh, we had a lot of help uh, from around our team to put that together. We went to Toho at a typical time. You know, it was that late January, early February. That's when all that goes. And Mark uh, from Big Toho Marina pulled me aside. He said, so when are you coming back in May? And I'm like, what? You know, I've been like, what do you mean May? He says, oh, you're missing it. He says, May is so good here. Huh. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, well, the, the guy, you know, runs Big Toho Marina. And I actually re reached out to JT. Uh, about it afterward. And JT is obviously one of our, JT and our, our, our talent and everybody knows JT and Florida guy. Um, he, he was like, dude, yeah, absolutely. He says, Toho in, in, in May is legit. So kept on the radar. We actually um, did when we had the, the COVID year, we, we did um, our heavy hitters down there uh, in June. It was pretty toasty. 
Um, but fishing was great. You know, Jordan Lee had a fantastic event there. So we're really hopeful about that one. And then let's get to the one that everyone wants to talk about, the Shawan River. Yeah. T- tapped on it a little bit in the first part of the show, but this is an absolute wild card. It's kind of like a bussy break and those other North Carolina ones were when it first went up there and everybody went, holy cow. Uh, yeah. and now, and now everyone knows about it, but, uh, kind of fill us in on, on what that one's going to be like, uh, June 4th through 9th out of Edenton, North Carolina. Yeah. yeah so, uh, folks in Edenton, uh, this was literally a two year process, uh, in talking with them and just kind of getting them used to kind of what we are sending them a lot of information, videos and clips and talking about the anglers and, in, in what we do beyond just doing a tournament. Because if you are a destination like this and you've only hosted those regional tournaments, it's like, well, it's just another tournament until they really lean into it and realize that there's so much more to it. I, I think it's gonna be really interesting to see where two things, one, you know, cell phone coverage on it, because there's some areas that we know they're gonna be a little bit of a challenge and, and trying to figure out kind of how these guys maneuver and figure this out. and this is going to be one that fans are going to have to pay attention to this one. I don't think forward facing sonar is going to play into it as much as it has in other tournaments. I think long runs are going to, you know, make a big factor that guys can say, I've got a spot over here, but then I've got a spot way the heck over there. And that, you know, decisions will have to be made uh, on this. So I think because it's a new fishery and they don't have a lot of knowledge of it because it's so wide and there's so many different backwaters to it, that's going to play a, just a huge factor in the decision process. So, you know, you think about anglers and, and how they are breaking down water and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And you talk about, you know, fantasy fishing and, you know, what guys are you looking to, you know, this is, I look at something like that. That's a mental, this is a mental event on that one. You know, you've got to make good decisions on this. Um, the local guys know it because, you know, they've been there and they, 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 they're going to figure it out because they've been there so many times. But I think that's one of the cool things about Major League Fishing that we've been able to do, going to places around Raleigh, going to Bussy Break and Darbonne and, and Caney Creek. Um, you know, when we did our, our cup event, our, our first team series event, I'm sorry, and went to Alexandria, Minnesota, and, you know, new waters like that. That's, I think, you know, being able to do this catch, weigh, and release and the format that we have, that's our secret sauce. And uh, leaning into that more and really in, in enjoying that process uh, that's going to really show out for the anglers and seeing what they need to do to, to win and be competitive at that event. That's going to be a tough one. Um, you know, it can, it's, it, it can, depending where you go, title, brackish, you know, all of those things play into it. So wow. uh, I, any, anybody's game, but when we're seeing, we're seeing 25 plus bags, you know, in, in mm-hmm. late spring there and to see, to think about what our guys can do on that. It's going to really highlight that destination, just like we've done other places and put them on the map. I like it. And then uh, wrap things up on uh, Thousand Islands like in the past. Uh, let's jump over to the invitation. Uh, actually, Messina. We're going out, out of Messina. Messina. Okay. We're going out of Messina. And, and, uh, and the other part of it, obviously, you know, uh, in between going to uh, Richmond. So we're ending with three rivers there. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I guess you are. Yeah. So, um, you know, complete, you know, you could talk about a mixed bag in your bag, but you got a, you got a mixed bag of. Uh, yeah. James River will be good. Yeah, great time to go there. Um, you know, yep. it'll, it'll 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 show up and and 
our guys are gonna God, have that. Them. That place has some giants in it. That's such a even nationwide, such an underrated fishery. I fish it a couple times in the opens, and I mean, yeah, you have to fish it for a slug fest. Like, I mean, if you're not catching three to five pounders, you're like behind the eight ball. I mean, it's like mid twenties, and you get out there, and you're like, this should be like a little river deal where 10 to 12 yeah. is good, but man, they freaking jack them on the James. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one of those places where it's like, you don't think about that being a, a, a big fishery, a big fish fishery, you know, it's it like, is. you know, and, and it's been for a while and I've, I've been bringing events there for a number of years. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a really cool place. Um, uh, but you know, as a part of it, when we came, when it came to it, just like any other river system, we had to survey that and we, we've done uh, Toyota series events and we did the, um, you know, uh, our, we, we do BFLs there, of course, but we needed to, to survey that. So for us, we want to get the schedule out earlier than we did, but we've got such a process to put into it that, uh, you know, you know, sending it out last week was, was great. We're glad we got it out. Um, uh, great host there in the, in the folks in Virginia and in Richmond. And, uh, I think it's, I think it's gonna be a great time of year to go there. Uh, all right. The invitationals by far the most talked about stop is the, Return, I guess, to the home of old FLW, where it was. It used to be every single year they've been through uh, <laughs> Asian carp, big yeah. head carp. There's no fish left. You can only catch smallmouth. It's on a yeah. comeback. It's flooded. It's low. It's been through freaking everything. It's back on a professional schedule, and that is Kentucky Lake in mid-April. Talk about the decision to uh, to give that pond another shot. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, we know it's not the Kentucky Lake of old, and everybody knows that uh, of what it is. Um, but is it on the mend? Absolutely. Um, and are we going there at a really good time? Yes. We, we, you know, that's, that's the other part of it. So we want to give it its due. We want to give it an opportunity to highlight it as best as possible. It's still a great fishery. There's still plenty of water there. Um, but I, I think we'll be surprised with some of the numbers that we'll see, like, because it has been on the mend. They're, they're, they're definitely on the trending back. Uh, and it deserves the national attention, you know, and, and if nothing else, you know, it's going to highlight, you know, the ups and downs of it. And this is part of what uh, the reality of it is. And, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, uh, on, you know, we're going to, you follow Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're going and just in my list. So I don't forget anybody. Champlain, uh, Champlain Detroit River. Champlain West Point was a throwback. There's been West, a couple West, of lead West series Point. in we'll the talk, past. We'll talk about, yep. Talk about West Point. So we can go to big fish fisheries all the time. There's nothing wrong to go into a place that's going to take 15 to 17 a day. You know, mm-hmm. that's not, there, there's, I, I think sometimes because we have this great technology, the best anglers, we have all the best tackle, that if you don't get 20 pounds, it's not worth even watching. And I think it's, that's a disservice to the industry uh, and especially to all the other guys that live at lakes all around the country that they're happy to catch 15. You know, that's, there's nothing wrong with catching 15 pounds of fish uh, at, a, at a day or even 14. Because That's it a three pound pounder. average. Who isn't happy catching five three happy, pounders right? in a day? You know, and and now you know, just the same. If it's good competition, it's a tight race mm-hmm. and it's a tight weigh-in at the end uh, for the tackle warehouse invitational, and you got two guys standing there. That's great drama. And you know, you, you know, you talked about um, West Point Lake, and you know that, that was 2013 that that uh, the bass went there, and. Wow. Uh, was part of that. And it's 10 and years since, ago. It, yeah. And, and, and since then they've stocked with F1s, they've put some new habitat in there. Oh, I didn't know the, that. The, the, the city and the region and the, the state have been putting a concerted effort in there. It's like, man, they deserve a chance to put themselves back on the national stage. 
And that's, you know, that's what we want to do at Major League Fishing. We want to give these cities and their fisheries as much due as possible. We know it's not going to be a slugfest with huge bass and you're not going to catch, you know, seven pounds smallmouth one after another or, you know, eight, nine pound largemouth like we did in, in Bussy Break. It's not going to happen to everyone. And that's okay. Um, this is, this is, there's more to it than just that. And, mm-hmm. and there's, these, those are great destinations. LaGrange is a great town. Uh, they got a great chamber of commerce there with wonderful people that I've known for a really long time. And, um, you know, it's our responsibility to move this around too. You know, we can't just, you know, we, we joke about it. It's like, Oh, it's a great place. It's a great tournaments for, because we're, because it's new It's some different places that are on the radar, but we got to move it around a little bit too. You know, we gotta, we gotta keep it fresh. Um, we have to give some different looks to it. If you don't want it to get stale on, on no. anything. So. There, there was some time. There was a couple stops I remember when I was writing for Bass Zone and uh, with the other writers. We would kind of have a contest to see who could write the most accurate story before the tournament even happened. We're like, <laughs> Here's what's going to happen. This is going to happen. This is what it's going to take. This guy. Yeah. This guy. This guy. And you like could nail it. So I like the unknown. I think. I think there are two of the two. There was right. one. Of, there was one schedule a couple years ago that was like a mega slug fest like every single one of them was like dude i think it might take a hundred pounds to win this event yeah. i remember it but i can't remember what year it was but other than that right, this is one. the best combo pick pick, pick a pick a bass pro tour event and, okay and and, and let, let, let's do it okay let's pick which one you pick one for me and we'll try i i can't really do it because i mean the toledo bend one yeah, Toledo, Toledo Bend in that time of year, you know. The, no, there's a lot of unknown on this on this yeah. schedule. A lot of unknown. I mean, yeah, obviously, the St. Lawrence, you know exactly what you're going to get at the St. Lawrence. But it's the St. Lawrence. That's the Yankee Stadium of bass fishing right now. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. The James that time of year is going to be a little bit tough. Obviously, the story is going to be, is it going to go down uh, in the chick? And how is the vegetation going to look on that? But we've also mm-hmm. seen, I think, like, you know, in the Appomattox and some of the other areas on that river, that time of year, it's going to be a little bit more of a grind. Uh, if you're, you're, that one's going to be is how much the chick is going to play. I think you're either going to have, and we saw with uh, what Nick LeBrun did the last time they went there, like yeah. you're either going to have a bunch of your top 10 out of there or it's going to be really distributed. You play fantasy fishing? Uh, I, I do. All right. So, I, so that's one of those places that time of year that when I'm looking at that, I'm actually looking geographically as to, for the anglers as much as their, their, their fortes, you know? Yeah. Understanding yeah. solidity content, tides, yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, you know, what, what guys are from Virginia or even North Carolina, yeah. um, Pennsylvania, you know, what, what guys have had just a little bit more experience there to do that. So, you know, you think of thrift and you think of Matt Becker who, you know, who may have been down there or who has, you know, been there that time of year that's off the beaten path, you know, when it may not have been a tournament, you think of Avena, you know, that's an East coast guy. So, you know, I I played that into it as well. So that, I mean, those are, those would be kind of my, you know, top four Mm -hmm. for, for the James that time of year next year. Yeah, that's strong. I mean, you fall is going to totally depend on water level that time mm-hmm. of the year. You're either going to have uh, it, it's going to be during the spawn, but that lake is also can get up in the bushes and the willows that time mm-hmm. of year. 
Uh, we saw in the Invitational a lot of long runs. We saw the clean water play. We saw guys top 20 in some of the creeks. So, yeah, it's a it's a good deal. So I want to uh, – I have one question to, to close this on, and it's the only – I mean, you can't have a schedule maker – on the show without asking this question. So is there anything oh, else you, is there anything else you want to get in here before we get to that burning question, Michael? Um, I'll, I'll say that we're, we're close on the other schedules that are coming out. So stay okay. tuned, keep coming to majorleaguefishing.com and, and follow our social pages where we've got more coming with that. We, again, it's a, it's a long process, you know, in 19 tournaments on the Toyota series with the championship, uh, the BFLs are looking really good at what we're doing with that. We're excited about kind of, uh, kind of how that goes and how that that series continues to grow. Um, our our team is just doing a fantastic job of just keeping those things in, uh, just a well oiled machine uh, out of our team. I'm so proud uh, to have them. So you know, right now we're we're gearing for that, and then uh, we're gearing up for Redcrest. Uh, we've got some fun announcements coming up with that. Some some things we'll be doing with with Redcrest uh, in Birmingham. Be a great fishery on Lay Lake for that, um, and. You know, I'm actually, you know, doing site visits for future events already. So, you know, we're, the, the process continues and uh, we're, we're going to keep it rolling. So fire away. I, I w- oh, this is side. You said you're doing side events. I would love to see a return to Beaver Lake. It'd be a gr- it'd be a great grinder tournament. You yeah. so much history there with so yep. many of those guys on the BPT. That's a complete. So the lap between the last time they came in this time, it's a completely different game with the forward so, facing sonar with the way that fishery is yeah. developed. Like I would love, and I, I, half of the guys would probably murder me for saying that, and the other half would probably give me a bear hug. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened because we we've been looking at it. We've been we've been talking about going back, and I'll tell you how that happened. As, and, and to go back to your other question about how much of the anglers yeah. are involved in it. So it was, uh, it was actually two years ago, I think now, um, that we were in uh, Detroit, last event of the year. We had a festival going on and uh, Suggs is working around there, uh, some of the sponsor booths, and he, and he, and he gave me one of those. You know, when, no, you know when anglers want your attention, they grab you by the, by the, just above the elbow when you're not looking? And they, and they wanted to get you. And I'm like, what is, you know, like you're in a, you're getting ready for a bar fight. And Suggs grabbed and he pulled me in close. And I, he's an awesome guy. I love him. Yeah. He's like, I got one for you. I'm like, okay, well, what do we got? He says, we got to go back to Beaver. I'm like, yeah. all right. Okay. I'm listening. And, and he said, he's like, listen, it's like, is, is it going to be as big as some of the other places we've been to? No. He says, but it's a mix. It's something different. It's legendary yeah. for our sport and for our company. And we, so we, I'll say it. It's on the radar. We're talking about it. Uh, right. We know what it's going to be and what it's not going to be. Um, but yeah, I Suggs, mean, who doesn't want to see Cody Meyer throw a shaky head in Prairie Creek? Let's be honest here. <laughs> Everybody else, the other 79 guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would be interested to see what it's like with the sitting timber, especially the time of the year that you picked there. I mean, we saw, uh, we saw Mark pack win it flipping up above the river in mud. We've seen, uh, was it Matt Airy and, and stuff with, uh, with jigs. And on that, we've seen the, uh, who was it, uh, from Alabama with the buzz bait as it came up eight foot, uh, overnight. We've seen the finesse stuff play with the forward facing sonar. Now, I think it'd be interesting. It's but, it, it's, uh, it's one of those where it, des- it, it deserves another look. Maybe we start there with uh, with a tackle warehouse, or you know, come back for another Toyota event. But it's definitely on the radar, and and we we welcome suggestions from everybody. And yeah, you know, and 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 conversely, 
one of the, the sad things you have to be aware, aware of is when something doesn't do well. You know, if a storm comes through, there's a major kill off, they, the state fisheries department decided to, to spray excessively. You know, we, we find out about those things too. So you have to look at both sides of the coin to make sure that we're, you know, we're, we're ahead of the game when it comes to that kind of stuff. But it's, it's all part of the process. Are you ready for the last, the biggest question that has been 56 minutes and 57 seconds talking about schedules without, well, it's typical because they feel ignored anyway. It's the West Coast. The West Coast. So many good fisheries out there. So so passionate. It's been a minute. You think? How... I don't even know what to ask about it because it's well, been asked every every single year. Yeah. What's the deal with it? Is it a money deal? Is it a fisheries deal? Is it a hey, everyone wants it out there, but then it's not supported when it actually goes out there? Is it a we just don't want to spend the money to go out there? Is it the anglers don't want to go out there? What I, I mean, there's a million different theories as to why it's been ignored for every yeah. single major organization. For the I mean, the last time the Elite Series had it on the schedule, there was basically an angle. Well, no, there were, they had one on the schedule later in like 19 or 20, and the anglers were like, yeah, we're not going out there. And they freaking changed it. Yeah, that was... That they was had awesome. like the Columbia River, I think, and one of the others, which I was like super jacked about. I was like, this is yeah. going to be awesome to watch. And then all of a sudden it was like, yeah, this was, this was met with some rabid resistance. <laughs> and they changed there, there, it up. There's a whole, you know, after I retire, I'll tell you that whole story. Okay. Um, because that was, the, as the, yeah, there, there, there's some behind the scenes stuff on, on that, that it, it's, and it's unfortunate. And that was part of a lot of, a lot of factors. Um, but you guys haven't been I, out there with MLF in the past five years either. And half like, there's such a yeah. percentage of the field that's from there. That would be homecoming. That would be great stories it from Skeet be. to Cody to Brent, all the guys out there. All right. So, so Skeet is Auburn. Uh, uh, and Cody is in, um, Idaho, right? Cody, Cody's Cody a, yeah, he's a, I think he's a, uh, Washington, yeah, Washington. he's in Idaho now. Idaho. Uh, you had Luke Clausen, who's originally, Luke Clausen, he's from, uh, Washington and then Brent, Brent and, and, uh, Josh, they're both down in Arizona yep. Dean and Roy, yep. uh, a bunch guys. of Arizona, so, Dean Rojas. You got a yeah, bunch so of guys. The, so that same area that you mentioned from, from Clausen down to Rojas is yep. the equivalent yep. Of Messina to Toho, when it comes to it from a location standpoint. So, it, it's it's the entire West Coast. It's massive. It's massive, and maybe even longer depending on mileage. We could fit a couple derbies in there, can't we? That's a lot of space to have good tournaments, Michael. Yeah. Um, here's here's the challenge, and, and in fact, Boyd was on your show uh, like about a year or so ago, saying. You know what? Because you, I think I'm not sure if Mark was on still at the time. It would have been but, Mark, it, but it it would it, it's about the support. It's about the um, the distance. It's about the 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 distance between the distance to go there, the distance for the fisheries between the fisheries. It's just not an easy proposition for what's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the host destinations, uh, of course, in the entire call. There's not a lot of host cities that are spending big dollars out there because there, a lot of those great fisheries are not in big areas. Um, it, so it's, it's, that's difficult as well. 
it, we can't just go to the West Coast for one tournament. It's got to be multiple tournaments. And then there's a factor. Do you go to do you go to Shasta and then to Havasu? Mm-hmm. Well, that's and then it would have to different. be back to back because you can't and have them out in California for a month. Exactly. And now so now and now you have to drive between the two and your expenses for everybody just skyrocketed. And then does it really move the needle for that? The, the, the sad news is this. There are some incredibly passionate, fantastic fisheries, uh, f- passionate guys, mm-hmm. fantastic fisheries. But the whole part of it just doesn't fit right now. Is there a potential for the future? Absolutely. But you, you, it just doesn't fit for where it is. And we want to grow and go to different areas, but it just doesn't fit for where it is. And, and then, you know, let's talk about kind of what ha- what's happening with the Delta right now. It's the Delta's in, in rough shape right now um, with with all the seals of all of all things. You know, I I spoke to Ish at um, at ICAST, and Ish gave me some great contacts from some different places. Um, and we're looking at Toyota Series events to going back out there and doing more with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but numbers are numbers, and at, at the end of the day, this is a business and. If we had a sponsor or multiple sponsors, hey, listen, we can't ignore this anymore. If we had fish, fisheries and destinations that saying, hey, listen, we want you out there. And if we had a wide breath, more than 50% of the anglers saying, hey, listen, we need to do it. We we would probably be doing it. I would imagine the other tournament trails would be doing it too. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they'll go and they'll they'll kick it off and, and do it. We're not ignoring it. It's, it's, not, it's not a slight. It's not something that we don't care about them. It's just the business of it that right now, um, you know, I just I just got gas uh, yesterday because we got the storm coming in Florida, and they, thankfully they don't they they're on top of a price gouging and everything. But gas is still you know you know three seventy nine a gallon still in you know these guys are getting mm-hmm. and when you get out to California, which I was just there uh, two it, weeks what, ago, it's five it, five sixty a gallon. Yeah. I mean, it's three seventy nine in Florida. So what yeah. I was going to ask you that what's it, what's it in California? Yeah. yeah I was just out there. It's insane. Yeah. So, um, with, with due respect to everybody in California, we, we love you. We appreciate you. We're grateful for your, your passion for the sport. And it, it just not one of those things that is, is something that we could put on the radar at this point, but, uh, we want to keep coming with Toyota series events and, and other things. Um, and, Obviously, there's some great, great fisheries and great places, but to put it all together like that, it's it just not something we're, we're, we're doing next year. Fair assessment. Uh, you did mention the storm. I do want to say, I, the, by, by all means, when I set this up and called Joe to say, hey, I want to do this, he's like, you know, he's the ultimate professional. There is a, there is a Category 3 hurricane bearing down on him, but he'll be good to go. And I was like, are you, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, 99% sure. Uh, I mean... You, you get in your, your hurricane preparedness. I mean, it doesn't sound like a category five, but three's pretty nothing to joke about. I think three's like in the 110, yeah. 120 range. That's um, pretty strong. That, yeah, and if that if that was a BPT event, you would allow trailering. Well done. Well done. I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, um, but we're keeping an eye. And hey, listen, uh, when it comes right now, um, it's, it's north of us. I live just north of Clearwater right now. It's scheduled to be just north of us, but we're looking at a storm surge um, that could be pretty high along the coast. I live about three miles from the coast. Um, you know, it can it can mess things up pretty badly. The other thing for, for you fishermen in all parts of the country, uh, full moon tonight, uh, super moon, not a good thing to have when you're in a tidal destination and there's a hurricane bearing down on you. So that's 
going to play a factor. Uh, our daughter is up at Tallahassee uh, at Florida State, and we're kind of hoping it splits the difference between us uh, and goes into some of those non-populated yeah. areas or less populated areas. Uh, so we're, you know, our, our prayers with everybody. Uh, right now we're getting the house kind of together and just kind of moving things in a little bit, closer to all the, the patio furniture and stuff, um, extra ice. Um, and, you know, it's just part of living down here in paradise. But, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be problematic wherever it hits. That's a shame. Uh, where you mentioned just north of Clearwater, you probably have been to pass a grill before. Yes. Dude, my grandma, my grandma had a condo at the end Islands End Resort no there way. at the very tip of Pasa Grill. You know where I'm talking about? The yes, very tip. Okay. There's that yeah. apartment. There's the jetty there that I if I was a if I was a uh independently wealthy, one of the things that I would do is I would put two million dollars to get that jetty fixed. It's my fondest childhood memories are yeah, catching yeah. Pompano and Whiting and Sheep's head off of that jetty right there. Oh, that's but awesome. uh uh, she had an apartment in that that apartment complex. It's at the very end of the of the jetty uh, on the third story, and I spent all my summers there. And I still go back there every single year. Actually, I just talked to my mom. She's like, "Hey, we booked at Islands End at December first through thirteenth. You're gonna be able to come down oh, for any days." No, they don't have it. We we stay at that Islands End Resort now. They they sold it. We had an opportunity to buy it in like the nineties for like two hundred thousand dollars, and they were oh. like, "Oh, that's that." No, we're not going to get a buy an apartment or a, a condo oh. for two hundred thousand. And now, you know, I mean, now it's you know what it's like down there now. Uh, yeah, but that great. is that is one of my top three favorite places on earth is uh, Pasa Grill, Florida. Yeah, I, I went out fishing. So yeah, so I live just kind of north of there, probably about. 30 minutes north of where that is as the, as the traffic goes, uh, went out fishing on, on Sunday with a friend. We got out, you know, at six o'clock in the morning, we were out, um, and catching sunrise and we went about eight miles off and found some rock piles and loaded up on some snapper. And, you know, it was not easy, um, because the water's so warm and mm-hmm. it's summertime in Florida, you got to find your spots. Um, and that's part of the hurricane part of it too, is that the water's warm. So it's got a lot of energy, but we, uh, we live in a beautiful area, great fishing all around here. Um, just the other direction, literally a half a mile from my house is Lake Tarpon mm-hmm. and, um, Christian Greco, one of the, one of our guys. Yeah. We've the, had him on uh, the show before. Yeah. Yeah. So he fishes, he, he lives on the other side of Tampa. So he fishes over here, uh, from, from time to time. And in fact, there's, there's a Tuesday nighter that, that they of course canceled for, for today, um, that, that they get in here mm-hmm. and they fish uh, on Lake Tarpon. Great little fishery. In fact, I believe at one point Lake Tarpon held the state record um, for a largemouth, and they called it Lake Tarpon because before the water management district blocked it off, so there wasn't as much water going back and forth. Tarpon would come up and spawn oh, up, in, awesome. up in there, so it'd be bass, snook, reds, tarpon, all just in the choo, 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 and, and you would have no idea what was going to destroy you. It's uh, so it's actually a fantastic fishery, about twenty four hundred acres, just. A half a mile this way um so yeah it's a really cool place but yeah let me know if you come down again yeah i mean dude i'm from fort DeSoto, and then i also had uh aunt and uncle at a house down in uh punta gorda so like that the, whole that yeah. whole kind of stretch of the coast right there very fond with very that's fond. Right. i used to work in punta gorda so that's how i got in the biz is okay. that I, I i did the redfish cup back in punta gorda and when that was going on um and uh um getting on espn that's that's what I did. I was the I was the local host for the Redfish Club for the Redfish Cup. So um, that's what kicked it off and getting in the fishing business from the from the hotel in City Side and Punta Gorda. 
Yeah. Well, I'm going to let you go ahead and board up the windows and strap down that patio furniture. Call the yeah. call the call the kiddo and make sure they're okay yeah. at FSU. So, but I appreciate the time. Of full, or like I said, I think I told you I'd keep you for like 30 minutes, and we're an hour and eight minutes in. So hey, awesome. Is anybody still watching? Yeah, there's a bunch of people watching. <laughs> cool. Hey, listen, anytime. Love to have you on any, uh, be on anytime. Let me know. Thanks so much for your support. And uh, and we appreciate everybody out there. And uh, looking forward to seeing everybody on the season next year. All right. Stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. See you. See you. All right. That is Michael Malone with uh, MLF and the schedules. Try to give a little bit of behind the scenes. I mean, it's cool to come on and you talk about every event, but I don't think people realize how much goes into making a schedule, whether it's a, an elite series schedule or a BPT schedule. Uh, I mean, even a club schedule, like I've got buddies who do the assumption. I mean, there's, there's, there's people that complain about a 10 boat, eight tournament club schedule. And now you're doing it with millions of dollars. You have to worry about TV, cell phone coverage, live coverage, scheduling on top. Not a job that I envy. All right, we'll take our final break of the show. When we come back, we have a mystery. Well, it won't be a mystery because I'll tell it when we come back after the guest. But we have a very special guest. It's a head coach. We have a head coach on the show tomorrow on Wednesday. BTL will be back right after this. The great thing about the new Sensation Soft Plastics from Big Bite Baits, heavily scented, Super soft, buoyant, comes in seven great new shapes. I've got a couple of them of my signature series, the Cliffhanger Worm and the Ramtail Craw. Great for a flipping jig, football jig, swim jig, all that. Several other great shapes. Really excited about it. We've worked over the last year. Catches fish all over the country, and I think it's going to catch fish for people everywhere you try it. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat so you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro is coming out with a handful of new colors including Pearl Shad which has this bleached out white look but it's got this pearlescent really really pretty. We've got Copper Shad which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back really really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got Sparkle Shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the Matte Sexy Shad, just a really different looking color for a crankbait. So you wanna give them a little different look, that Matte Sexy Shad is definitely the one to go with. All these colors are available in the original Little John and the MD. I'm the kind of guy that never leaves a house without a pocket knife, and Gamagatsu's come out with the EDC series of knives. EDC stands for everyday carry, so whether you're on the water or off, you can always have it with you. The best thing about it to me is that assisted open feature. With this D2 blade, you've got it right here at your fingertips, so if you can't find your scissors, you need to cut a knot, you need to cut your braid, you've always got it. Make sure you check it out. Never leave home without your Gamagatsu EDC knife. Born in Japan, using technology, innovation, and precision, Sunline produces the widest selection of fishing lines at the most technologically advanced line factory in the world. Manufactured at the strictest tolerances to produce victories at the highest levels of tournament bass fishing. From household names like Christie, Swindle, and Cruz, to young guns like Cook, Logan, New, and Welcher, they all trust Sunline to take them to the top of the leaderboard. Choose the line that will give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Sunline.
Having confidence in your tackle while on the water is one of the main things to success in my opinion. In the last couple years with Denali, I've had just that. From anything from spinning rods, casting rods, tungsten products, even now to casting and spinning reels, I have the confidence to go out there and get the job done and know that all my equipment is going to handle it and do it just the way I want it. The thing about Denali is you've got great quality products at a great price point, so make sure you check them out. Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting beatdownoutdoors.com. All right, welcome back. Wrapping things up here on a Tuesday. Big shout out to Michael Malone and uh, Joe Pogger from uh, MLF for helping set that interview up. Uh, I thought he said a lot of interesting things specifically uh, about the West Coast there. I mean, it sounds like it's a possibility for the future, but it has to be economically feasible. I think a lot of people forget this is a for-profit business, whether it's bass mlf uh whatsoever uh, i did mention before as teasing who's on the show tomorrow it and we're going to return to bass fishing and anything else we want to talk about because it is none other than the creator and host of btl for the past 17 years up until the last couple of years mark jeffries i think he might be from his office he has an office i've been trying to get him on the show for the last week or two the kids are back in school and if you don't know quick rundown Retired two years ago, started a uh, college bowling team at Southern Nazarene University, put on a shirt and tie, had a whole uh, announcement ceremony with the president of the university, got funding for it, a locker room, went out to the far reaches of the United States in person and recruited both a men's and women's bowling team for SNU. First year, they're on campus practices started he's got all sorts of hype videos on the snu bowling website he's been in budget meetings for snu bowling he's been meeting individually with the players i don't even know if he's been paying attention to fishing but i wanted to get him on give him a chance to talk about it and then uh i'll I'll pick his brain on some uh hot topics that are going on in the bass fishing industry then on day four uh, it, we, we gotta give, we gotta give uncle Frank a little bit of a shout out because the man, if you're thumbing through your latest Bassmaster magazine, man's in Bassmaster, a picture of uncle Frank holding a custom painted, I think it's an airbrushing article and stuff. So we'll talk about that. Maybe we can, uh, finagle, uh, and autograph copy of a magazine out of uncle Frank. The other thing that I do want to put on everybody's radar, and I'll have more information on this is the bass fishing hall of fame banquet is taking place September 28th. Uh, you do not have to be in it. A member, the general public can get tickets information on this. I talked to some people two years ago, the last time I went out of tournament the past year and they're like, no, we're just fans. We like to come here. We like to take part in it. There's a lot of big names that come to that. It's a really great historical. It takes place at uh, Wonders of Wildlife, uh, Johnny Morris's Bass Pro Shop, Springfield, Missouri. Great to make the weekend out of. You can go to BassFishingHOF.com to find out more information about that. And then also when the online auction will open up, 
uh, I can say that there will be a uh, there will be a BTL experience that will be on that auction, which will include uh, a little bit of travel money to get to Shawnee, Oklahoma, uh, put you up at a hotel for the night. We'll go fishing and then co-host sitting right across from me right here where you've seen Hallman and Matt Steffen and all sorts of guys sit in studio co-host uh, of BTL for a day. So when that auction comes out, I've also, uh, we also are going to have a one of one, a one of a kind Frank Scalish autographed piece that you have seen on BTL. Uh, that will also be in the auction as well as, you know, there's trips with like Brandon Polinick and hunts and rods, reels, all sorts of stuff. So bassfishinghof.com for more information on when that opens. Other than that, big shout out. Uh, to Michael Malone and MLF for jumping on. Hey, I will say this also. As soon as the Elite Series schedule comes out, as soon as the 2023 Bassmaster Open schedule comes out, we'll do the exact same thing for the Elite Series with those guys. We'll ask the same questions. We'll go through it. We'll talk about uh, talk about it with the guys who decide the schedules over on the Bassmaster side. But a great show for today. We will see everybody tomorrow for the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Mark Jeffries bowling coach at SNU Southern Nazarene University will be in. That's all we got for today. We'll see you tomorrow.